0: Anger, hatred, fear. I have seen mountains of skulls and rivers of blood, and I
1: will have my world! Five, four, three, two, one.
2: Hey guys, and welcome to Ready Check, the podcast where we're the noobs so you don't have to be I'm Tomlin. I play a Holy Paladin on Ghostlands EU in the guild Omni Shambles, which is probably the best guild EU. Don't want to, you know, brag about it too much, but we are recruiting for Warlords of Draenor, so come and check us out. Um, I'm joined, as always, by my two lovely co-hosts. First up, the Rose Between Two Thorns, the lovely, beautiful, talented, and wise Forsetti! Hello, Forsetti. <laughs> hey. Uh, you guys thought it was going a different direction. Oh, ah,
0: but Yeah.
2: The old switcheroo. How are we doing? Very well, thank you, buddy. How are you? Yes,
0: fantastic. It's good to be here again. It's Always.
2: Very privileged to be in this uh, fine company here. Um, I'm also joined by my favourite Chlory, Bitey, Stabby, Swipey Bear, Honey Bunny. Hi, honey.
1: Hello. Oh, have you two guys finished with enough of the man love going on oh then? mate we've had Jesus. such a loving this
2: week it's been pretty hilarious yeah it's yeah, been I know. a bonding experience
1: manly weekends and such like
2: so yeah so I mean um, you've probably seen us talking about it on Twitter but uh, Facetti and I were very lucky in that we got to go to the Blizzard head offices in Europe this weekend um, we had a meeting with sort of a bunch of the the community guys down there um, had a look around the offices and stuff and it was uh, it was a really good time so uh yeah, you might have seen us bragging about it on Twitter for which I'm very, very sorry. But
1: I'm, I'm not, not jealous because it, it was amazing. <laughs> it I'm was not amazing. jealous at I, all. I, I really a really good
0: time bit. doesn't sum it up. Yeah, no. it just it was amazing. So I, d- amazing.
2: I described it to somebody today as uh, it was like Willy Wonka's chocolate factory for geeks, which I think is yes. a, a pretty a pretty <laughs> ass description.
1: It's <laughs> a pretty good description.
2: Yeah, it was pretty awesome. Awesome, awesome, awesome. So yeah, very, very big thanks to, uh, to everybody at Blizzard for having us and for putting up with our inane questions and uh, basically turning a blind eye when I started stuffing, you know, statues and frostmorns up my t-shirt. So uh, thanks for <laughs> that, guys. Anyway, um, what have you guys been up to since the last show? Uh, let's start with you, honey. What have you been up to, dude?
1: Uh, well, I haven't been going to Paris. I've been sitting uh. at home sulking a lot. Um,
2: <laughs> oh, I'm <laughs> um, sorry.
1: Sad face. You guys don't really, and there's no sympathy, that's pretend sympathy. See, I know, I know you (laughs) far too well. Um, But anyway, this week I have been uh, doing lots of guild stuff, really. We uh, changed our names last week, so I've been busy figuring out what I need to change and recruiting people for Warlords and for our current raid team, and then in between all that other stuff, I've been getting back on pet battles um, oh no. I'm not really sorry pet to battles. tell you because you'll only go and make me do the uh celestial tournament again.
2: Didn't you finish that?
1: <laughs> um oh, Shamefully. Honey.
2: No. Really?
0: I
1: got Aww. to the I kept getting to the final stages and they kept killing me and I just I raid quit a lot of pet battles thanks to that. Um but I'm just taking it up again. I'm getting it up. I'm just getting loads of twenty fives just for fun and stuff to do and
2: Are we going to have to reinstate the Weekly Honey Challenge? Please, God,
1: don't reinstate it to be the Celestial Tournament. Any other achievement apart from that one at the minute?
2: The insane. Go. Yep, insane.
1: Oh, come on. I can't do that in a week. (laughs) I'll give it a go, but I won't do it in a week.
2: Just no dedication.
1: (laughs) I'll show you no dedication.
2: (laughs) Force, what have you been doing, sir?
1: So, apart from spending
0: time in in Palace, um, not a great... Deal. I've been trying to work on my legendary quest for my paladin, which is proving quite difficult. I finally got the uh, the meter gem, which is awesome as Yay. a time. The, the meter gem. Meter gem. Meta gem. You meter gem. <laughs> Shut up. Uh, I
1: wasn't going to point that out, Dave. You meanie.
0: Yeah, meanie. Leave my northern accent alone. Anyway, sorry, so, about yeah, it. I got the uh, the the gem, the one that goes in the helm, um, <laughs> and it's pretty awesome tanks to be fair um it reduces damage taken by 20 percent, and there's a general uptime of around 50 percent in a fight which is pretty impressive for a single gem so yes i'm really glad i got that it's going to help out with the uh, the heroic bosses that we're getting into and onto the, the final
2: the final leg before i get the cloak does that mean we're going to have to upgrade you from paper tank to uh like wooden tank, maybe?
0: <laughs> I think maybe cardboard is. Cardboard, oh, tank cardboard tank, yeah. That's a good yeah. step up.
2: Cardboard tank. Mm.
0: Um, so, apart from that, really, not much not much time to, to put into the game with um, bouncing around Europe. Um, been looking into some of the new bosses we're coming up to, uh, trying to organise tactics uh, and help out with recruitment. So, yeah, Omni Shambles, recruiting warlords, and yeah, so go check us out.
2: We are a heroic guild looking for people for mythic raiding, so uh, that's the kind of standard we're looking for. Anyway, if you can't plug your own guild on your own podcast, <laughs> where can you plug it?
1: Yeah, I think exactly. we're starting to
2: maybe plug it a little too much. <laughs> maybe, maybe. Right,
1: last time we mentioned it, I promise.
2: <laughs> no, it will be. So what have I been doing this week? Um, I've been playing an awful lot of Hearthstone this week. <laughs> um, some of the people we went to Blizz with were, uh, were quite well-known Hearthstone streamers, so it's kind of inspired me and invigorated me and and i've started playing hearthstone again so i've been researching a lot of decks crafting a lot of cards and playing a lot of games and uh it's been quite good fun i really really enjoy that game it's very sort of casual friendly which is great when you know i've been a little bit busy at work this week um trying to catch up after going away for a few days so just being able to come home and, and spend maybe an hour just just playing hearthstone has been really really cool so uh that's what I've been doing this week Um, had a really good raid on Sunday night Um, as you might know from last week I'm now playing my paladin again um, which means that I was very undergeared for doing heroic modes but but now fortunately I was quite lucky I got my four set bonus finally and another couple of pieces as well so uh, so I'm, I'm feeling like I'm in a much better place which is good so that's been my week, it's been very interesting very exciting
1: it is very exciting. Exciting loot all around, by the sounds of it.
2: <laughs> yeah. Right, let's move on to the news, shall we? Just before we came on air tonight, it's uh, it's Tuesday night here in the, in the UK. Um, just before we came online, um, World of Warcraft released a new infographic where they talked about sort of... All of the the milestones that they've reached in WoW and and sort of some statistics and numbers in the World of Warcraft, which has been really, really sort of interesting and exciting. Um, I think the thing that prompted it is they've now reached over 100 million players, um, which is absolutely mental. And okay, that includes trials, but still, that's twice as many people as live in South Korea. That's so many people! So it's been really interesting. Um, What I'll do is I'll pop up a link to the infographic in the show notes. You've probably already seen it anyway, but I just wanted to have a quick chat about some of the more interesting statistics on there. Um, So, for instance, a lot of people think that there's a a very big um, horde bias. Uh, That's not true. That's not true. So the the factions are actually relatively even, 52% alliance to 47% horde. I'm surprised Um, by that.
0: To be fair, just how evenly balanced it is, I mean... Yeah, it's 52 and 47, it's not 50-50, but I don't was, know, I was Closer surprised I when I saw Closer than I thought it was going to be. Yeah. And I feel for the people, uh, the 1% that are neutral. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I can't make up my mind. <laughs> I can't
1: no, get, I get don't off know this goddamn go. island. What am I doing? <laughs> I think that's all of the monk characters that I've started across different realms that I've just oh, yeah, never gone anywhere. <laughs> you
2: You'll make all up the 1%. Percent. <laughs>
1: yeah.
2: Another quite cool thing is that... Um, there are players in 244 different countries and territories, including places like Antarctica, um, which is, is absolutely mental. I couldn't even name, I don't know, 10% of those. Hang on,
1: Hang on. there's also one called Christmas Island. People play WoW on Christmas Island, guys. Is
2: that a bit like Easter <laughs> Island, but there's that's less That's amazing. I hope so. I wonder if they have the same ping as you, Tom. I don't think it's possible. <laughs> I'm pretty sure you can send a carrier pigeon quicker than my internet. <laughs> yeah, that's probably true. So, yeah, so I mean, it's, it's a really interesting read. It's great to see um, some numbers about this game that we all love playing and have done for, for the last 10 years or so. Um, so, yeah, I'll, I'll put a link up, but go and check it out. It's a really interesting read. Um, honey Bunny, what have, uh, what have you got to talk about today?
1: Oh, this week I have noticed, well, it was a couple of days ago, they have released the probable mount and pet for the Warlords of Drenor. Um release so you know when you get like the digital deluxe version or the collector's edition you always get like a mount and a pet they've released them and these look so much like the raven lord like a flying oh, version no way. Is it the and blue a one? tiny version yeah the blue one yeah
2: my god i need that mount
1: <laughs> so it hasn't been confirmed it's just a probable they haven't I, assigned I it to care. anything else i know they just look amazing
2: this is this is uh, I, I saw it and i thought shit if that's in the mount store that's going to be the thing that that breaks me that's that going to be the be thing, that thing that, that causes common. me to buy something
1: Oh, part of me hopes now it is in the store just so it doesn't break you. <laughs> Especially that after last week,
2: uh,
0: Opening the floodgates and all of a you'll have all <laughs> of them.
2: I know. I'll be, I'll be living destitute on the streets. What happened to you, man? Who <laughs> was the mount Once store, guys? Who was the mouse store? Once I started, I couldn't
1: <laughs> stop buying things. But I think they look amazing. The fly- Everyone's always said they've wanted a pet version and a flying version of the Raven Lords, And it appears that a lot of people have now got their wish. Although some people are not enjoying what's on the Raven Lord's head. But I can look past that.
0: What's on its head?
1: It's got like a gold bit that looks a bit like a sun with a blue gem in the middle. It's a bit spiky. It kind of goes with the rest of him. I don't think it looks bad. I think it looks pretty cool. I mean, you can't make it look exactly like the Raven Lord, can you?
2: I think with these things, it's really hard to tell until you see it in motion. You know, it's it's easy to look at a static image and think, oh, well, I don't quite like that bit or I don't quite like this other bit. But when you see it in motion, I'm, I'm guessing, you know, obviously I haven't, but it, it, when you see it in motion, I'm guessing it's probably going to blow us all away.
1: Yeah, it does look really amazing. And the little pet looks so cute. I need one of those
2: take my money
1: <laughs> just going to throw my <laughs> money at them oh my god take it all I just need this pet and this mount please
2: <laughs> great well I think we found our downfall over the next year yeah <laughs> Falsetti, what's your news this week buddy uh, my news it's a little less news more of a, a
0: warning a warning oh, <laughs> ho, ho, ho. Um, obviously I don't know if, you, if, if a lot of you listen or catch the, the twitter feeds that go around um, there's a recent ban wave um, that went out last week, um, I think it was before we went to to Paris, so um, Wednesday night, uh, Thursday night, something like that, um, that caught a lot of the, uh, the botters out. And, uh, yeah, there was the usual QQ on the forums, oh, I don't bot, I don't do this, I only did it once, etc, etc. <laughs> <laughs> um, Somebody else
2: uh, was using my account.
1: I only did it once, nice. Yeah,
0: it, it's just, yeah, look out for, I mean, Blizz are very good at catching people um, using bots. I mean, what the bot actually did was it helped you with your rotation and interrupts. So essentially, you press the button and it did the optimum rotation, which seems a little strange. I can sort of, kind of, maybe think that botting for some of the monotonous stuff in game makes sense. But for actually playing your character in a raid or in arena, just... Dude, what are you playing the game for?
2: <laughs> yeah, that's that's, yeah. that's odd. That is really odd. Yeah.
0: But yeah, um I think it, what prompted it is uh I think a lot of the arena players were using it. Um, there was some silly interrupts going on, like as soon as you start the cast you were you're being interrupted and I think that prompted Bliss to uh to jump into action and send out the the ban wave. So yes, don't bot people, it's bad.
1: Or the ban Hannah, Hannah will be coming for you.
0: Exactly. Don't QQ if you do bot and you do get banned.
2: Yeah. Silly move. Yeah. Yeah. You heard it here first, guys. Don't bot. Mm -hmm. It's bad, yo. It's bad. Okay, cool. So let's move on to uh, the next section, which uh, is the infamous We Gonna Die section. Okay, so this section of the show is about our show guild, Omni Shambles, on Ghostlands EU, um, where we talk about what we're up to and the challenges that we're facing as a raid team. So I'm going to pass over to our raid leader, Facetti. So uh, what have we been up to this week, bud?
0: Uh, This week, to be fair, it's been a bit of a quiet week. Um, Obviously, we've mentioned we went to Blizzard, and if you didn't hear it earlier on in the show, me and Tom went to Blizzard. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) 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 I <laughs> <laughs> flew out on Thursday night which is one of our, our raid nights so we um, organized a couple of subs for the for the team to to tank um, our hunter Tokar jumped in and tanked on his warrior and we had a couple of other people step in for um, a few people that couldn't make it due to disconnects etc and we just proceeded to clear up to uh, General Nazgrim on normal um, so he kind of helped out some of the socials in our guild get some gear um, saw some of the normal bosses helped us uh, check out some of the the new recruits that we're uh, investigating for for warlords so generally just taking the the foot off the gas um, for a week before we jump back into some more route progression so we were back on on Sunday night and then we proceeded to uh, clear up some of the harder bosses uh, mark rock um, it's kind of impressive, we kind of blitzed through the first first few bosses, uh, got to Garrosh, and the difficulty stepped up a little bit, so we had a couple of wipes there, but uh, yeah, we cleared the place and got Tom and some loot, which is good. Woo! Not so, yeah, going to pretty, complain. <laughs> pretty <laughs> quiet week, and uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to getting back into some heroic progression um,
2: this week. So what's the plan for this week? What are we going to start with and and how far are we going to try and get?
0: Uh, we're going to blitz through the first Four heroic bosses, uh Protectors, Protectors, um Nirushin and Shower of Pride. Hopefully get some some gear and then start banging his heads on Galacrass. Um which is not gonna take long, to be fair. I'm hoping we can uh, we can get him down next week and move on to a uh, even more fun fight with the Iron Juggernaut, which Tommen, as a healer, you're gonna love.
2: <laughs> Yay. <laughs>
0: yeah it looks looks pretty intense and I've sort of got healer envy the minute coming up to that fight stuck on my tank it's not as exciting oh poor oh, you see. yes poor me it was your choice
2: man it was your choice did it for the guild did it for the guild
1: oh wow <laughs> now all the complaints come out
2: yeah alright cool um, I think next week we'll talk about some um, some stuff we're, we're doing behind the scenes to get ourselves ready for uh, for Warlords of Draenor. But uh, we'll leave it there for for this week. We've got an awful lot to talk about um, with the the, the Q and A we've got coming a little bit later in the show. So uh, let's move on to the next section, shall we? Right, it's time for the amazingly named Warlords of Draenor. That's L O R E <laughs> people. Yes. Just in case oh, you yes. weren't sure. <laughs> So last week we talked about um, Kilrog, who is uh, quite a a badass, pretty cool guy. Um, What you'll see is that as the theme going forward for all of these warlords, they're kind of all badasses. (laughs) So uh, there's a bit of a spoiler for you for the rest of the series. But today we're talking about Blackhand, who is probably one of the most important lore characters. Um, As you may or may not know, he was the first war chief of the Horde in the first war. Um, So obviously, very important guy um, for, for that fact alone. But um, before he came to lead the Hordes, he was leader of the Blackrock clan, who, again, you've probably heard of through uh, Blackrock Spire, UBRS, LBRS, etc. Yeah. Um, and he was also a member of the Scythe Gore Arm. Now, the Scythe Gore Arm were raiders, which is basically the Warcraft 1 term for wolf riders, and they were essentially all-round badasses. We don't know an awful lot about them other than they, they were really vicious and deadly and they were feared by everybody, basically. So you can pretty much take it as read that Blackhand was a really proficient warrior. But we also know that he was massive in size and people, because of that, they often thought that he was a little bit dim. Um, <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, that's my problem too, being, you know, six foot. People often yeah. think I'm really stupid. That's jokes on you them, are. I actually <laughs> am really stupid, so... <laughs> Um, on the contrary, though, uh, Blackhand was was actually quite a sharp cookie, and he didn't mind people thinking that he was stupid because it meant that he could kind of use that to his advantage. Um, the thing about Blackhand is that he was really tactically sound, uh, a little bit like our own Fossetti, but he also had a massive ego and a lust for power, also like Fossetti. <laughs> 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 I don't
0: know what you mean.
2: I don't. Know what I you think
1: mean. I think he's got that like perfect. To be honest, summed you up really well.
0: No, 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 no. You, you guys you guys, carry on like I'm some Rignaros clone, and I rage You're just a Rignaros every... wannabe, to, that's what you are.
1: To be fair, Such though, I man mean... Such a The other day, you told me you, you only had to bump me off, and then you had the guild all to yourself, so if that isn't a lust for power, dude, I don't know what is.
2: Oh, nice. <laughs> so, like Facetti, he didn't really like weakness in his ranks, and he often killed off the weak and sickly members, so you probably want to watch your back, honey. <laughs> Um, in fact, Blackhand was once present in false Frostwolf Village when there was a fire, and he saw a very young, weak young orc called Draca uh, struggling to lift a bucket of water to help. Um, he mentioned to the leader of the Frostwolf that if she happened to be in his clan, he would have drowned her. Wow. So, quite a nice bloke, really. <laughs> um, also, it turns out that he's a bit of an idiot after all, because Draca turned out to be a complete badass herself and was Thrall's mum. Boom.
1: Oh, wow. she kind of shot himself in the foot a little bit there. Yeah.
2: Right, honey. What do you tell us about the clan?
1: Yeah. So uh, he was the leader of the Blackrock Clan, and the Blackrock Clan lived in Gorgon in Drenora, which is where present-day Blades Edge Mountains are. Which little tip, bit of information. I hate that place. It's because it's, it's rubbish. Spiky <laughs> and crappy. Sorry, Blizzard. Um, I if, was, um, on,
2: a quick, uh, here's a quick aside did anybody else get really paranoid when they were flying over there when you saw the dragons like kind of impaled on the, the rocks I was kind of thinking well I we better not dismount here just in case I try <laughs> to get impaled I always
0: change mounts yeah. if I'm on a dragon flying through that I sort of land and change to uh, something like a a griffin really
1: <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> <laughs> that's some extreme paranoia going on there
0: yeah you, you just never know do you he just mm, <laughs> caught and impaled and Find yourself having a real bad day.
1: I suppose you would, yeah. You don't really want to be impaled. So, <laughs> so <laughs> moving on from impaling um, Blade's Edge Mountain, this is what the official site says about the um, Black Rock Clan. The industrial development of the Black Rock Clan has left the once glistening oasis of Gorgrond a desolate, rocky badlands. Yep, I can agree. Its remaining natural produce, the steam that boils up from the massive vents beneath the earth. Gorgrond has become a source of Iron Horde's arsenal. Its foundries turn out weapons, armour, and torrents of smoke great enough to be seen from neighbouring lands. And the Blackrock are probably one of the better known Orc clans. They've had a lot of heroes come from their bloodlines, such as Orgrim, Doomhammer, Sourfang, Ranoff Saurfang, so, yeah. They
2: doomed him
1: <laughs> Thanks for that, Talon. Yeah, it's right. a lot of
0: Badasses, really, to come from one one sort of clan. It's...
1: Yeah, they've obviously got a good uh, got good bloodline going on there.
2: They have. They're alpha males.
1: <laughs> a shitload of alpha males. <laughs>
2: <laughs> right. Okay. So, as with all of the warchiefs Black, Blackhand and his orcs were present during the festival where everybody drank Mannarov's blood for chits and giggles. Um. So basically, a, a little while later, Goldan, being the horrible bastard that he was, figured out that Blackhand was a little bit power-mad and had a huge ego on him. Um, he was able to convince Blackhand that he should try and lead the Horde, all the while being a secret member of the Shadow Council that Goldan had set up to kind of secretly um, plan and plot and, and rule the Horde. Basically, Goldan knew that he could use Blackhand as a puppet to do whatever he wanted, and Blackhand was too greedy for power to notice, basically. Wow. So, as part of this kind of deal, Blackhand quite happily, quote-unquote, donated his, uh, his shamans who had been cut off from the spirits of murdering Drani, um And he donated them to Gul'dan so that they could become the first Horde warlocks. Um, he also agreed to let some of his young people be artificially aged through a nasty and incredibly painful drain-life spell, um, which would make them battle-ready a bit quicker. Um, which is kind of extreme. That
1: <laughs> is quite here. extreme.
2: <laughs> and even more extreme, he wasn't one to, to dick around, so he put his own three kids, oh Rand, Maine and Griselda, through the process first. Dad of the year.
1: Yeah, seriously, he wins dad of the year every year, I think. <laughs>
2: <Yep>. <laughs> anyway, being a fairly charismatic guy, which for an orc probably means that he had cleaner teeth than the other orcs, <laughs> I don't know, Um he gained a whole bunch of support among the orcs and was elected the first Horde war chief. Yay! Um, the whole time that he was in power, he's pretty much manipulated and directed by Goldan through bribery, flattery, and plain old house hattery. So, uh, so that, that was good fun for him. Yeah, <laughs> easy come, easy go. <laughs> so from their base in Hellfire Citadel, Blackhand took charge of the fight against the Draenei, um, including uh, the big attack on Shatreth. Um... After that, he led the Blackrock through the Dark Portal and got stuck in against the humans in Stormwind in one of the biggest fights of the First War. Um, being a pretty pretty good tactician, he, uh, he kind of helped the orcs take Stormwind. But while that was going on, Goldan was kind of sneaking around and trying to steal some inf- information from Medivh by reading his mind. Which is pretty stupid, because, you know, as you can imagine, trying to read the mind of the most powerful mage in the world is never really going to end well, so <laughs> Gul'dan was left in a coma.
1: I feel like he didn't really think that through particularly <laughs> No, well. <probably> yeah. not.
2: <laughs> Bad idea. Yeah. So, basically, with Gul'dan out of the picture for a little while, that left Blackhand pretty vulnerable, um, because he didn't have Gul'dan whispering in his ear anymore. So, Blackhand's second-in-command, who is also another Black Rock orc, um, was called Orgrim Doomhammer. And he was a noble, honourable, pretty chill dude. And he didn't really like the fact that the Blackrock clan had turned all demonic and stuff and started murdering innocent Draenei and all that kind of jazz. So he took the opportunity to attack Blackhand and chopped off his head from his shoulders, which is cool. And so Orgrim became the new Warchief of the Horde and Chief of the Blackrock. Poor old Blackhand.
1: Oh, he lost it all in one go. I know. One one foul swoop, so to say.
2: (laughs) I see what you did there. So basically when he took over, Orgrim, the backstabber, as he became known, um, ordered the execution of several members of the Shadow Council. But unfortunately he couldn't kill Goldan, who was the you know, obviously the, the guy in charge because the Horde still needed Dem Warlock Hellstones. Um yeah. and Goldan was in charge of the Warlocks. So I, I understand that. I mean
1: I say who doesn't need them warlock <laughs> definitely Hellstones. Need them
2: Hellstones. <laughs> <laughs> So, basically, the, uh, the, the whole army under Orgrim uh, headed north, taking over Kazmodan from the dwarves. Um, because the orcs were kind of unfamiliar with the lands of Azeroth, Orgrim negotiated with the forest troll leader, Zol'jin, to join and fight with the Horde. So that's when the trolls first joined the Horde. Yay! Yay, trolls. Yay, trolls. Unfortunately, choosing not to kill Gul'dan came back to bite Orgrim in the arse. Um, and while they were kicking the crap out of the humans in Lordaeron... Goldan betrayed Orgrim and basically ran away. (laughs) Wow. So, yeah, so he's a nice dude. So, not wanting to to lose honour, Orgrim kind of had the choice that he could sort of try and and have a final stand in Lordaeron and and win that but lose face um, by letting some people run away, or he could split up his army and chase the traitors. And he chose to split up, which which basically was a bad plan because the humans took advantage and forced them back, um, which ended up causing the Orcs to lose the Second War.
1: Bad move there, bad move.
2: So Orgrim and the Blackrock clan fell back to Blackrock Spire where they made a final stand and Orgrim managed to kill the Alliance Commander Anduin Lothar who was busy mates with Varian's dad. Um, However he was struck unconscious by Anduin Lothar's broken sword which was picked up and wielded by then The morale of the Horde was broken and they were kind of scattered from there.
1: Bad times for the horde then. Bad
2: mm-hmm. times for the horde. Fassetti, where are they now? What are they up to these days?
0: Um so essentially there's been three factions of uh Black Rock Ox throughout the story of uh of WoW. Um the first faction who were loyal to Ogrim Duhammer um remained with him, uh, and they fought either against internment camps or in the, the camps themselves. Um and because Ogrim was Fraul's mentor, they ended up teaming up with Crawl and joining uh, the new horde. Um the second faction, which were still loyal to Black Hand or still interested in, in demon worship and being all warlocky. Um
1: <laughs> the technical term, there guys <laughs>
0: yeah. warlock-y. A little bit warlocky. <laughs> <laughs> it was they combine Uh they combine with Blacktooth Grin, um no, the Black Tooth Grin clan under his son's Rendon Mame um while they were leaderless, Rend and MAME uh, quickly reclaimed their birthright as, as joint chieftains and um they were attacked in the, the Black Rock Spire by the Dark Iron Dwarves and MAME was killed. Um Ren refused to acknowledge Frola's war chief, with his allies in the Black Flight, formed his own faction of the Dark Horde. Um that was in the upper Black Rock Spire.
1: Which, I have a key. Don't forget I, the key.
0: Don't forget the key. Um <laughs> And then eventually, us, the players, managed to kill Rend um, in the upper Black Rock. And the rest of his team, his loyal followers, they uh, they teamed up with the firing of the Black Dragonflight and got involved in the Twilight Hammer when uh, Old Deathwing kicked off. And we ended up kicking their asses as well. Yay! It's kind of a a running theme for the, uh, the Black Rock Orcs and getting their ass kicked.
1: Yeah, we oh, seem to
0: nice. kick their ass a lot of times. <laughs> yeah. And then the, the third group um, was kind of introduced when Garrosh took over um, and he sort of recruited some of the former members of the of the clan, served under Rend in the firing and essentially said, man, eh, you come work for me. You're nice, big and strong. Come be my uh, bodyguard. <laughs> um, one of the bosses in Siege of uh, Orgrimma, is a Blackrock orc. So yeah, it's part of his bodyguard, um, the elite Kokrom, Um, and now mostly the the blackrock warriors, um, and they sort of moved away from what they were under Thrall to more of a secret police under Garrosh, where they're, they're rooting out treason and uh, abducting, brutalising, and murdering those that are, are troublesome.
1: Wow, well, so they're scary is... guys then?
0: Yeah, real real nice bunch. <laughs> I think maybe we should kick their asses in Siege of Orgrimmar. <laughs> oh, that's <there's> an idea. <laughs> so yeah, um, as you can imagine, since they they joined Garrosh and they joined the Corcoran, they're the guys whose asses you're kicking as you make your way through through the instance, and um, they've suffered quite heavy casualties. Um, so I'm guessing after the after the siege, the the clan will start to rebuild on uh, the Voljin and recover from the the civil war. Um, so yeah, Tom and what's going to happen in in Wallows?
2: Well, we don't really know, <laughs> but we've got some some sort of speculative thoughts, I guess. Um, so basically, with uh, Gary Garrosh going back into in time to alter time. Hang on, hang on, hang
1: on. Are we now calling Garrosh Gary?
2: Gary Garrosh. Yeah, Gary <laughs> Garrosh.
1: Okay, yeah. fine. Just a second. Carry on.
2: Anyway, so hopefully, um, with the the timeline being altered, we should kind of. See the true nature of the Blackrock without Gul'dan and the Burning Legion's influence. Um, so, what I think is probably going to happen is they'll probably join the Iron Horde throughout the course of the expansion. And uh, being located in gorgrund with all of these kind of steam vents and stuff, they'll uh, they'll utilise the, the terrain and and the steam vents to quickly arm their forces. Pretty much, Gary's going to love them because you know these guys are big and strong. They've got lots of weapons and and armour, um, and they're badasses. Um, what might happen and this is all speculation now but but I think maybe Orgrim Doomhammer will stay loyal to Blackhand um, because even though he was against the corruption of Gul'dan and the Burning Legion if that's not going to happen then maybe he's going to stick around under Blackhand and be quite happy with them joining with Garrosh so that would leave two of the most powerful orcs united in the same clan which would be pretty pretty awesome to be honest
1: it would be awesome for them not so awesome for us
2: <laughs> well, well yeah <laughs> <laughs> So I guess the question that we're hopefully going to find out in uh, in Warlords is is history going to repeat itself and cause the clan to splinter and destroy itself from the inside? Or will Blackhand and Orgrim grow in power? So I guess that's one of the things I'm really looking forward to finding out.
1: Uh, I really hope they have like, having a massive argument and destroy themselves from the inside.
2: So it splits in two.
1: Yeah. Mm. That would be amazing. Maybe. Double Could the be. fun fights.
2: I mean it's interesting isn't it? Because Orgrim is, is you know, in the lore he's this cool sort of noble and honorable he's like a good guy like thrall basically Mm. so it would be interesting to see how that kind of sits with joining Garrosh, and whether because you know Garrosh is a is a proper orc um so
1: yeah
2: you know i don't know i don't know it could be he's a serious badass
1: i just can't imagine them getting on particularly well they're they're both so powerful are they not going to be a bit like
2: respect isn't it
1: yeah, but will they res- will they be equally as happy to be powerful as each other? Is, is one of them not going to get pissy and go, "Do you know what, actually, I want more fucking power than you"?
2: <laughs> so that's right. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's like a weekly occurrence with us too.
2: Uh, I know who the boss is. It's okay.
1: <laughs> it's you, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly.
2: <laughs> see, I have to say, I'm I'm really interested in seeing what's going to happen in Warlords. It's going to be really cool to see what these guys are up to. Um, the Blackrock Clan are, are some of my favourite orcs in the game. They're, they're pretty cool. They're they're what I think of as, as you know, standard orcs, you know, really cool yeah, orcs. So, they're like uh, proper
1: yeah. orcs, aren't they? They're exactly. like what you think of when you think of the orc.
2: So here's a, a last little bit of trivia for, trivia for you. The Horde King in the chess event in Karazan is Blackhand. So there you go.
1: Oh, wow. Oh. I didn't know that. I've done that really um, annoying chess event many times. Yeah... <laughs>
0: Trying to get the pep from the last bosses, isn't he? <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's yeah. It's all nice and
2: quick up until you get to that event, and
1: then Bloody you get to chess and you go, ah, oh, like, oh. balls.
2: <laughs> yeah. Okay. Awesome. So, let's uh, let's move on. Now we've uh, got a, a special feature. So, while uh, while Facetti and I were, were at Blizzard this past week, I don't know if we spoke about that earlier. No.
1: Um, did you guys? You guys go to Blizzard
2: this that. week? I think we might have
0: done.
2: Oh, I can't wow. remember. But, uh, don't want to brag about it or anything. I don't other. think
1: you've mentioned that at all, to be honest. You
2: like to keep it <laughs> low key. <laughs> anyway, while we were there, we were we were very very lucky in that we got a an hour long Q and A session with Ian Hazakostas and Brian Hillinker, who, uh, if you don't know, are the uh, lead encounter designer and lead PVP engineer, um, respectively. So these guys are sort of upper echelon of, of WoW devs. Um, you know, very cool guys and very, very, very busy guys. So we were very, very privileged to uh, to, to have them spend some time with us. Um, so we asked a, a whole bunch of questions along with some other people who were there. And what we'll do is we'll post up the entire transcript on the website so you can read them all. A lot of PvP questions, a lot of PvE questions. But what I thought we could do is we could just go through a couple of the PvE questions because, I mean, obviously... Ready? Check. We're a, we're a raiding podcast. So I, I thought maybe we could have a chat about some of the things um, that we discussed on the PVE side and what we think of the answers and what we think they might they might mean. So I think maybe the best way to do this is if maybe if I read out a question and kind of summarise the answer a little bit, and then we could uh, have a chat about it and what we think. So uh, what do you guys reckon?
1: Yep, sounds good.
2: Sounds good. All right. Cool. So let's just dive in, shall we? So let's. uh, there was a question about um, sort of recruiting for for Mythic raiding. So the question was, as a raider in a somewhat casual heroic 10-man guild, we're having to recruit quite heavily for Mythic. Do you think it's likely that you'll revamp the guild finder and recruitment tools that you've got in the game already? So Eon replied that they think it's likely, but unfortunately probably not in time for Warlords. Um, But they recognise that there's a need to improve the tools um, what he said was that there's an intermediate measure um, and that the increasing availability of things being able to be done cross-server in Group Finder is going to help a little bit because there's now more ability to pull in people for both normal and heroic raids. Bear in mind, we're speaking of heroic raids in Warlords, which is normal raids these days, um, of the current content from other servers if you want to try them out. Um basically stuff like that should help with the recruitment process because before if somebody was on a different server they had to pay for the server transfer and take a chance and now you can do raids with them on meaningful content to evaluate them first um however in the long run they realize that they can do a better job with the Guildfinder finder tools so for city words you know what's your view on that i mean obviously we're recruiting ourselves um in fact that was that was my question so uh, we're recruiting ourselves for mythic um and the tools in game they're not they're not brilliant you know there is a guild finder that you can kind of advertise in, but nobody uses it. So, um, what what are your thoughts? What would you like to see uh, in terms of in-game guild finder tools?
0: Um, in-game finder, it's very difficult to put that sort of information that you need um, to advertise, sort of in the tools that are available um, at the minute. What I'd like to see is something like the the Wild well Progress website, um, where you can you can fill in your guild info, how many times a week. Your raid, uh, what classes you're looking for, healers um, um, tanks etc. And then just have something that allows you to search under them terms, you can filter down uh, like I'm looking for a guild that raids two days a week um, show me all them that are recruiting druids for example um, That's just so sort kind of, of
2: more like an in-game version of the recruitment tools on WoW Progress or something Yeah, like that? Yeah,
0: that'd be, that'd be perfect, just that level of detail at the minute the ones that are in game pretty vague
2: we're recruiting send us a message kind of thing yeah Yeah,
0: Yeah. pretty much so giving players the ability in game to see the guilds that are recruiting and filter them down to something more specific um, and then allow that player to to reach out to the the GM or one of the officers would be would be ideal Um, so yeah wow devs just copy what's on wow progress just check the filters out that's
2: pretty awesome (laughs) <laughs> I it is say, awesome. The one thing I really love about the WoW devs is that they're not they're not shy about sort of using ideas that the community have come up with in order to make their stuff better. So I mean, look at this this new group finder that they've brought in, which is kind of like OQ but in game. Yeah, um, that's absolutely brilliant. You know, it's it's ace that they're going to bring that in in house um, and and sort of support it internally. Um, so yeah like like you say being able to take something like that um like the the wild wow progress uh, recruitment tools and bring them in game would be brilliant it would be absolutely amazing
1: I won't lie, the fact that you're going to be able to actually do like normal and heroic raids cross server and cross realm and stuff is going to be amazing because the amount of people that I speak to and I say, like, oh, we do this and we do this, and they go, oh, yeah, that's great, but you know, it's still quite a lot of money, especially if you're horde and you've got to transfer servers and yeah. um, obviously your faction. That's like you're talking 35 quid and you're taking a proper chance then about whether you're going to get on in the guild and stuff and it's really difficult
2: you're so, right but what i would say is that we're absolutely amazing so if you're thinking of joining, oh, just, yeah, just pay the money anyway, we're great <laughs>
1: <laughs> um but yeah no i mean it is a lot of money to take a just general risk um so having that option is going to be amazing that people are going to get to know what we're like and we get to know what they're like and they don't have to pay 35 pounds to find out that's
2: yeah, definitely. I'm I'm really looking forward to that. I think it's going to be great. Um, just being able to raid with with some of your friends as well. I mean, we've got a lot of people that we interact with regularly on Twitter, um, and we try and, we try and do sort of open raid events with them and stuff. But just being able to say, look, you know, we've got a we've got a space for you tonight, or you know, it's it's flexible anyway. So, do you fancy coming and joining us on our guild run? Yeah, so yeah. I'm, I'm looking forward to that flexibility. It's going to be great. That
1: will be really nice.
2: All right, Wicked. So, honey, could you read us out another question, and um, we'll talk about that.
1: Yeah, I found one that was really interesting. My mouse has just decided not to scroll up. There we go. Um there was one about um like raid designs and encounter designs um that I thought was really interesting. So the question was in terms of encounter design, do you have a set methodology? No methodology that your team uses to come up with them for instance do you have a whiteboard session where you go through mechanics or are you given a room by the art team that you have to fill or you know how does it typically work and um it's quite interesting because they said it's evolved a lot over the years um and going back several years they actually had like a dungeon first so this is what like magus vaults looks like for example and then they have to figure out what to do with those spaces Whereas more recently, like literally Throne of Thunder, um, these things have been happening more in parallel. So um, before a raid actually even exists, they're talking about the bosses that are going to be in there. Um, and they said some of it's driven by storytelling, bigger picture, or you know they know that the final boss of something is going to be Shen, but the rest of it was completely left up to them. So... They had to sit down and think about what bosses they're going to have, how many they're going to have, what they're going to do. And then once they've got like a vague idea, one person will take that boss and they'll go off and they'll figure out what they'll get or like the the intricate detail parts. Um, But Even then, it's not just left down to that one person. They've got to go back and they have feedback and it's thrown back and forth between the team and then it all kind of comes together and it just sounded like a really interesting pro- process that's changed so much even of after well six months probably it's quite exciting
0: what i found really interesting was the number of questions that were going out to him and um, when this one was asked he, he visibly perked up with the question and you could see that being asked this sort of question and then him being allowed to talk about the design process and sort of the processes they go through internally you know it's he was passionate about it and you know he sort of poked up his chair and had a big smile on his face as he, as he launched into his answer and it just shows you how much passion some of the, the developers have for the game and and you're right it is it's is just one of them interesting questions just how they go about designing these these epic encounters yeah, it'd be uh, <laughs> pretty amazing to be a, a fly on the wall as they uh, as they go through the design process.
1: It's like one of those things that you don't think about very often, but then when you do, you think actually, shit, that must take them such a long time to fill like the <laughs> yeah. entire room and then figure out what that boss is going to do and what technically they want the mechanics to be and stuff.
2: Like it must have been quite cool if they were saying that that's you know in Mogushan Vaults they had the instance that they needed to fill and they already had sort of the art there and they had the room dimensions and stuff. I mean, how cool would it have been to look at the Elegon room and think, hmm, we could do something really cool in here with the floor. Yeah. You know, that, that, that kind of <laughs> that kind of design must be quite cool.
1: I wonder what's more interesting to do, whether it's more interesting just to have, like, literally a blank space and you go, right, what the hell are we going to put in here then? Or whether to have the art team go, right, we've got this, and you now need to figure out what's going to go in it.
0: I imagine I like both, you know, the sort of challenge, you've got a, a challenge from the art team thinking, right, here's a room. <laughs> do you do your worst, So yep. then starting with a uh, a blank slate would be awesome, pretty awesome. But it's amazing how how the each of the encounters all ties in together. I mean, if you know some of the artwork, it ties into the boss mechanics. Um, look at Malkarak, for example. The way the floor is is divided into quadrants. Um, you can imagine the the development team imagining right. We've got these purple blobs that we're going to put on the floor. What sort of tactic can we approach with it uh, we will divide it into quadrants and they'll have to split the team up appropriately yeah. um to deal with it so it's how they all interlink together um it's pretty impressive
1: it's like there are subtle hints in certain rooms about what the tactic that you should be using is
0: mm-hmm. exactly yeah yeah it's very clever
1: it's i mean very clever.
0: i forget which fight was it there was circles on the floor and the circles on the floor were the exact diameter that you had to stay apart from another player so if you stood on the edge of one circle and a player stood on the opposite edge, you were the exact distance away that you needed to be to avoid the mechanic. Which is, if you think about, it, it's pretty awesome.
1: That is amazing for someone in the um and the um the team to have gone. Do you know what? This is a really good idea. We should put this in.
2: <laughs> I have to say, I think that is is something that I'm I'm hoping we're going to see a lot more of. Sort of designing the the rooms and the and the bosses in parallel because you do get more stuff like that. You do get instead of just having this is a room and put a boss in it you get yeah well this is the kind of mechanic i'd like to use so maybe we could think about designing the room a little bit like this and you know so i, I just think that's going to lead to some really interesting encounters going down down the line
1: yeah especially now they've got their um flexibility of obviously having 20 people for their mythic raids
2: exactly yeah
1: um i i I'm quite excited to see what it's going to allow them to come up with because they're not obviously tied to having only 10 people in a in a raid team for their heroic, as it will be, or mythic.
2: Exactly. Uh, were there any other questions that we found interesting?
0: Um, there was one as a raid leader that I found particularly interesting. Um, the question was, um, so obviously playtesting forms a big part of what you do have you ever designed an encounter in where testing the players didn't quite get the tactic you had in mind? Um, and the answer come back in some cases, I think you have to go back way longer for that. Um, the more common experience is that players come up with a better tactic. Um, <laughs> the reality is that so many people have so much experience and great tactical minds. Like um, Black Hand. Yes, exactly. like Blackhand. Um, <laughs> that they often come up with... With tactics that didn't even conceive of. Um, the example that he gave, gave was um, in Heroic Garrosh, I believe Method ended up cutting the ads for two minutes on their first <laughs> kill at the very end, um, which I, I'm guessing isn't what Blizzard had in mind. <laughs> um,
1: I think it was probably what they had in mind now.
0: Maybe. But yeah, it's just a really, really interesting question just to the obviously they'll go into designing a fight with potentially a set tactic in mind and then there's only so many people in in Blizzard that obviously play it and then they open it out to the the public via the PTR and then eventually the the patch and yeah, I can imagine there's the amount of people playing the game the amount of people raiding they do see some uh, weird and wonderful tactics that they never even thought of
1: (laughs) I often wonder if they just sometimes sit and watch people raid and go well that isn't what we wanted to happen but I like it (laughs) For
0: example, yeah. <laughs> for example, the um, method kill or the attempts on Colin where they essentially stacked 10 healers and tried to remain <laughs> in phase one for as long <laughs> oh, as possible. God. And uh, I think they got to 99 stacks.
1: Oh, um, man. Wow.
0: And yeah, they were dealing with it uh, quite well. And obviously Blizz didn't intend for this to happen. So I believe there were about 30 the 20%, they're, they're going to kill it this this attempt and uh, they put the hot fix in. Um, so <laughs> if, it, if it goes in, I think it's 15, no, 25, something like that, it wipes you. So all of a sudden, there they were, happily progressing through the boss and then boom, <laughs> dead.
1: Not allowed. <laughs> and, you just imagine yeah. this big raid warning coming up. Not allowed. Oh, I see. Okay.
0: It just shows you that Blizzard's are watching the fights when they're first released and watching some of the, the top guilds uh, who obviously have some great tactical minds because let's not forget that these guys coming up with the tactics that uh, we use on a weekly basis um, just essentially starting from scratch um, and they must come up with some weird and wonderful stuff And
1: They must have so much fun watching those guilds raid the first like couple of weeks
2: <laughs> Yeah, yeah Awesome um so yeah some of those questions were um submitted by some of our listeners so thank you very very much if you uh, if you submitted any questions for us for the q a like i said earlier we'll have the full transcript including all the pvp questions up um on the website when we uh, when we put this podcast live so take a look give it a read and uh, and let us know if if you sort of what your thoughts are on on the stuff that you're you're reading about okay cool um so i think finally that that leads us to the, the the last section of the show which is where we sort of go out to questions from the community so we had one this week which i thought was quite interesting from a friend of the show stuveth on I twitter i think you'll
1: find uh, he's pronounced the mighty Stuve. The, the mighty, mighty
2: stuv <laughs> um and his question was what's the most awesome thing you've done in game which obviously wasn't designed to be there
1: Oh, that is an interesting question.
2: Um, yeah. I haven't actually had a chance to think about this one before we uh, before we started the show. So I've, uh, I've
1: done things in game which have been designed but they've never really been implemented. So um there's like that really secret I say really secret, there's that secret dungeon. Um that was I think it was supposed to be part of Karazan, but it was never. Oh uh, a really, um, smiley
2: face underneath. Oh, and then
1: all the, all the evil ones that are like hanging upside down and stuff, and they weren't allowed to put it, or they yeah. decided not to put it in because they thought it might scare children, and it would have to put their rating up instead of uh,
0: Peggy Twelve, whatever it
1: is. Yeah, and it would have to be like a mature because it was a bit scary. Um, that's the only thing I can really think of. But even that was, it's it's there. It's just not obviously supposed to be known about.
2: I don't know if this is going to get me in trouble with this or not but um, back in Vanilla uh, I went exploring Hyjal with uh, with some friends um, which is pretty cool, I mean nothing was implemented in there, you just had the, the world tree in the middle um, and you could kind of just run around, you had to do a lot of sort of wall jumping and stuff to get there from <laughs> uh, what was it, you went from um, Winter Spring, from the top of Winter Spring to get down there, climb over the mountains but, uh, but that was quite good fun um, and we spent sort of I don't know, maybe three or four hours there. There's a whole bunch of us from our guild. Um, we took a whole bunch of sh- screenshots, put them on the forums. So that was that was pretty cool. Um, obviously, wasn't supposed to be there, and it might get me in a little bit of trouble with Blizz, I'm sorry. <laughs> it was but, a long time uh, yeah, ago. It's fine. It was a long time ago. <laughs> so that's that's the most awesome thing I've done, which I wasn't supposed to. Um, I've
0: never really done anything like that. I suppose the one uh, sort of I don't know thing that I did that I wasn't really supposed to do is do the a glitch a while back where you could get into the, the auction house um, and remain mounted which which is quite fun on a mammoth inside the auction house. You bastard! <laughs> You're one of those <laughs> guys! guys.
2: <laughs>
1: oh I see you might as well have just sat out on the uh, post box, just sat there on your giant That's
2: mailbox. I don't think yeah. we can be friends anymore.
1: <laughs>
0: no, I'm not one of those guys anymore I'm more the, the other guy raging the guy <laughs> that's sitting on.
1: Get off your move!
0: Santa Claus. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
2: Um, but We did yeah, that have that a fairly
1: cool. interesting answer from Truesmoob, who survived Fury of F- Frostmourne, which I thought was quite cool.
2: Oh. How on earth would you survive that? Is that the 10% thing that kills everybody? Yeah. On Heroic Lich King? On or just the Lich, yeah. Lich King, yeah.
1: How would you survive um, that?
2: I've got I'm no idea. I'm not sure. I'll
1: well, have to ask her, so I'll have to reply to us.
2: I think I think we did that because we managed to get somebody killed just before, and then we put a combat res on him so that yes. he could res just after that. But I, I don't know how you'd survive it. I think, I think
0: um, um, you could survive the hit now in a super a super bear. Yeah, <laughs> I, I think you've got enough health to actually survive.
1: Ah, oh, guys, we're gonna it's have a to million, go and try garbage, this, isn't
2: it? So you've got we'll, a million, we'll, 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 million oh, guys, yeah. come
1: on, we need to go and try this. at some point.
2: Right, that's what we're doing now. I <laughs> want to survive Fury of Frostborn.
1: Then I, I can there, take a picture. Man, I, I can take a picture and just be impressed at my own self. <laughs> yeah.
2: So yeah, choose have Let us know how you did it because we're all really intrigued now. Yeah. Anyway, guys, I think, that's, uh, I think that's the end of the show for tonight. So I just want to thank uh, everybody for listening as, 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 as normal. I say as normal. You've probably only got like five listeners. But for those five of you listening, <laughs> Thanks, thank five you very, of you. much.
1: You are awesome. Love you. <laughs> we love you all.
2: Um, you can find us, as usual, on Twitter. We are at ready underscore check. You can find us on Facebook, www.facebook.com forward slash readycheck. Uh, our website is readycheck.co.uk and you can email us at mailbag at readycheck.co.uk. Um, we're always really interested to hear from you guys. So if you have any questions or shout outs or anything that you'd like us to read out, then please get in touch. Um, also, I know it's kind of a little bit cheeky to ask, but we're we're kind of looking for some iTunes reviews. So if you happen to have five minutes and don't mind giving us a decent iTunes review, we would love you forever. Endeavor. So,
1: Endeavor. And, 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 and ever. And ever. And ever. And ever. And ever.
2: I think that all that remains to be said is uh, is goodbye, so I think maybe we should do a, a barbershop quartet kind of goodbye, so uh, I'll oh start. Oh, God, what? Goodbye. 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 Bye. Bye.